Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker. I'm joined by my co-host, my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield, and we're back for another post-game podcast, preseason edition, uh, recapping what happened in Miami as the Atlanta Falcons lost 37-17 to the Dolphins um, in an eventful game for some good reasons and some uh, not so good. Let's start off with, I think, some of the news coming out of the game. One of the worst things you could ever see in the preseason is an injury. Um, And unfortunately, the Falcons appeared to have suffered a pretty serious one. Um, A.J. McCarron, who I think many thought was still the front runner to be the backup quarterback in Atlanta, uh, all indications are that he tore his ACL. Um, We don't have 100% confirmation on that yet. Uh, The Falcons are waiting to uh, get the MRI done. I suspect we'll hear something late Sunday or early Monday about that. But generally with an ACL, uh, they they know, and the MRI is really more for confirmation, uh, just com- to confirm it and, and determine the severity of the injury. But more than likely, McCarron is out, uh, which means Felipe Franks is the only other quarterback other than Matt Ryan on the roster. Uh, they probably will look for another quarterback going into this third and final preseason game. Remember, there's just three. Evan, any thoughts on the McCarron injury and, and what they should do, some quarterbacks they may look at? Um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. You never want to see anybody get hurt. And especially after the game he had last week, he was one of the guys we were looking to see if he'll bounce back. Um, and he actually was doing better than he was last week. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's not hard to do. It was pretty awful last week, but it <laughs> seemed like the offensive line was keeping him upright a little longer. Um, and he went three for six, you know, had a 73%, uh, quarterback rating, but yeah, he, uh, he got banged up on that play and, I, I believe he was in. It seemed like he was in for another play or something. Yeah. And then they just like, they, you know, blew the whistle and was getting him off the field. And honestly, I thought it was something more of a concussion the way they were kind of treating him. Um, but yeah, apparently it was a knee injury. And as you mentioned, it's speculations that it's a torn ACL. And probably by the time you're hearing this, it probably is official. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I hope the best for the guy. You never want to see somebody get injured like that. Um, but, yeah, as you mentioned, also, they got to look at another quarterback. Uh, you can't just go into the final preseason game and hand the job to Felipe Franks, who, nope. no offense, you know, I know he's had, like, a couple plays that are exciting, mobilities through the roof. Um, but we need competition there. You can't just ha- hand an undrafted exactly. quarterback who really hasn't done – a whole lot it has no passing touchdowns um, that the reigns to the quarterback two job. Um, so, I, I mean, to be honest, if I had to speculate right now, I'd assume it's um, quarterback two, whether it's somebody they sign next week or after cuts are made, it's somebody who's not on the roster currently. Yeah, it, it, it seems that way. Um, I think Frank's had a great opportunity to show that he's ready. And I, I th- 
it, like you said, he had some plays, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think anyone is fully confident he's ready to be a backup quarterback just yet. Maybe in the future, we're not writing him off. Um, he is a rookie. He yeah, is an undrafted it, rookie, but yeah. Right. It's unfair to expect him to be able to just rush right. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks who aren't, you know, who are taken in the first round of the draft who aren't ready to even start day one. So how yeah. could you expect an undrafted guy to come in and be ready to be that backup, you know, God forbid he has to come in. Um, you can't. You It takes, like, for undrafted quarterbacks at least, it's going to take, like, a season or two to kind of learn the game more. It's a different level. Um, but, yeah, I'm not rooting against him at all. But, no, yeah. ex- exactly. And some of the names being floated, um, and Scott Bear at AtlantaFalcons.com, uh, he floated some names uh, today in an article up there if you want to go read it. Uh, Josh Rosen is one that a lot of people have talked about, obviously former top 10 pick. Um, has flamed out in a lot of places, but he's still only 24 years old. Uh, so that's a name I think that some people are really sort of, you know, wanting to see if, if the Falcons can bring him in. Uh, Blake Bortles, again, another uh, former first-round pick, uh, top-10 pick, uh, who is likewise, once the Jaguars were done with him, has bounced around to multiple cities. Um, Robert Griffin III, uh, again, another former top-10 pick, um, is another name to sort of keep an eye on. And the big thing here, with um, at least with, with Griffin and, and Bortles and a lesser extent with Josh Rosen, is that these are quarterbacks that have started in the NFL. They've won games in the NFL, even if they're not very good players. Uh, I think we, we know what Bortles is. We know, you know what RG3 is. Um, they, they have started games, and that, that does count for something uh, as opposed to Franks, who's, you know, his, his starting experience is nil in the NFL. So, um, all right, unfortunate for, for McCarron, but I think the Falcons are going to have to uh, look outside the organization for their potential backup quarterback. Um, let's talk about the offense, because uh, you mentioned McCarron had a decent start, um, and until the injury was mostly efficient, I felt like he still wasn't, you know, a compelling uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're, oh, gosh, this guy's, you know, a future starter or anything of that sort. But uh, he seemed efficient. Who else stood out to you on the offense that you think uh, may, maybe made a case for themselves in this game? Um, well, late into the game, we saw more of the uh, young undrafted running backs, Caleb mm-hmm. Huntley and Javian Hawkins. Um, his offensive line was doing better. And they kind of stood out. Uh, Javian Hawkins had five carries for 46 yards and a long of 30. And Caleb Huntley actually had a long of 30 also and had six carries, 57 yards, but had that long 30-yard touchdown. Um, both of them stood out to me the most. Uh, they just they looked really good late. Um, but, again, it was late in the game. Um, the Dolphins, you know, started with starters, but by that time had their backups in. Um, who else? Uh, Tajay Sharp at times looked good, but then at times was dropping – you know, touchdown passes. passes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw more of Frank Darby, uh, finally, and he looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't want to take up everybody and I'll leave you some. No, I, I think those are all very good names. Um, sharp, I think was a mixed bag. He, he dropped what was clearly a a touchdown pass from, Mm -hmm. um, uh, from Felipe Franks. Uh, and so that one's probably going to sting. Uh, I think Frank Darby, as you mentioned, he had a couple of receptions. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm not going into this next preseason game feeling really great about the wide receiver depth, to be right. honest. Um, you know, the top three guys I feel okay with, obviously, uh, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and presumably Alameda Zacchaeus is the third since he basically, uh, he didn't play much in this game. 
Um, and past that, though, you know, Sharp maybe is wide receiver four. Uh, past him, you know, Christian Blake, Juwan Green, Frank Darby. I feel like any of those guys could potentially take that fifth spot. Uh, I'm not even sure they're going to carry six. Uh, so wasn't really impressed with the wide receivers. I did feel like the offensive line was much better in this game. And I think it's important to note that uh, for the first half, the Dolphins were playing most of their starters on defense um, and uh, quite a few of them on offense, including uh, Tua, who who basically played the entire first half. So the Falcons' second team was having to go against the Dolphins' first team. Mm-hmm. And even with that, and the Dolphins are a playoff team, and they, they're considered to have a top-10 defense. I felt like the Falcons' offensive line, which was you know essentially backups, Caleb McGarry was out there, uh, but guys like um, uh, Drew Dahlman, Jalen Mayfield, I felt like they held their own, which is, a, I think, a promising sign. And more importantly, it shows from week one to week two, uh, the offensive line was awful in that first game. And uh, the coaching staff got to them, got through to them, and we saw, I think, an improved performance for that offensive line. So I actually came, came away relatively impressed with what the coaching staff did in just one week. Just one week between preseason game one and this one, they made a, a substantial improvement with those guys on the offensive line. So that actually makes me feel a lot better about the potential for our offense going into the season. Um, as you noted, Caleb Huntley, Javion Hawkins, man, I am 50 50 on which one of these guys at this <laughs> point is going to take that spot. Like, I don't know about you, Evan. I, I can't, like, if you were to ask me right now, um, between Huntley and Hawkins, who's going to grab that final spot? I would say flip a coin. Do you, do you have a, a favorite between the two? Um, I I think because of Huntley brings kind of that more traditional back where he can run over people, but he also has, you know, speed. Javian Hawkins, straight speed. Like he's a very quick dude. Um, he's the guy you want when it's third down and you got, you got to have a running back out there to catch a ball. He's who you'd want. Um, yeah. Between the two, I want Caleb Huntley. But I like both. Um, mm-hmm. I hope both stick, whether one of them's on the practice squad. But to be honest, I have a feeling one of them will end up on another team's roster if they're stashed on the practice squad unless they're yeah. protected every week. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, we still got one more game to go. Uh, they both kind of – Huntley definitely did the better job in the first game, um, although limited because of the offensive line problems, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this one, they both – you know, we're able to showcase more of their skills and get some, you know, play on tape, which is good. So uh, happy for both. And, you know, we'll see what they do next week. Yeah, I think Huntley has the edge right now. Um, I don't think the coaching staff has uh, solidified that position. So I think Hawkins still has an opportunity to jump in front of Huntley, uh, as it were. Uh, And I think he has the benefit, like you said, of being a very different back because if you look mm-hmm. at the guys in front of him, uh, you know, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, they're bigger guys. Olison, bigger guy. Um, Hawkins would serve to be more of a change of pace uh, from, from those guys and uh, is actually a, a fairly good receiver out of the backfield. So that is something I think may, if, if he and Huntley fall on identical lines with the coaching staff, I think Hawkins might get the edge. But right now, I think Huntley may have a, mm-hmm. a slight nod, but, you know, Honestly, this third preseason game may be a deciding factor for those two guys. Um, uh, unfortunately, Kyle Pitts dressed 
but he did not play again. Uh, <laughs> kind of like uh, uh, Arthur Smith is teasing us, saying, hey, the unicorn's out here, the unicorn's out here, and then we go outside and then the unicorn's gone. Um, right. But uh, they did mention that there's some expectation the Falcons starters will play some next week. We'll see. I'm, uh, when Jalen Waddle went down in this game and it looked like it, you know, there was some fear uh, that the injury might be semi-serious, um, I think every coach in the league collectively held their breath and like, do we really want to put our starters out here? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, when we get to that third preseason game, I think one series at most <laughs> for the starters, <laughs> depending on how it goes. Um, one, one last thing I want to point out, and I want to see what you think about this. Uh, Caleb McGarry did play. Uh, he was one of the few, uh, I guess, what you would consider to be starters on the offensive line that actually dressed and actually played some snaps. Uh, he appeared to do fairly well. Again, he was going against starters on that, uh, you know, good Dolphins uh, defensive line. So uh, I think there is some reason to be hopeful that, you know, he may be able to uh, step back into that right tackle spot and at least be decent. You know, I don't think anyone right now is expecting him to be a, a world beater, but uh, we need decent at least at the right mm-hmm. tackle position. Um yeah, between him and Josh Andrews uh, and I think Jalen Mayfield, I was relatively pleased with these guys that may potentially be starters. Uh, did you see anything else from from uh, the offensive line that gave you a little bit of hope as well? Um, I do like some of the depth. As you mentioned, Andrews is technically a starter, but also if he ends up being depth, I think that's pretty good because he, he had a bounce back game. Um, yeah. To be He played fair. much better. Yep. Yeah, because he was, a tr- you know, last week we talked about it, it was – atrocious across the board um there is one guy quietly um and i know we both follow pff stats but yep. one guy quietly doing well at left guard and that's ryan noozle who's i believe technically the third if you want to say because mayfield is technically a left guard also mm-hmm. um so he'd be like the third guy but he's each of the last two weeks finished in the top five offense uh offensive grades uh, according to PFF for the Falcons this week, he was the second uh, graded offensive player for the Falcons. Um, something there, maybe um, at least he's, you know, probably battling for some sort of depth role. And if not uh, practice squad, definitely. Um, but yeah, aside from that, nothing big at the offensive line. Um, it does suck that like Matt Gono, I think he could have definitely competed for one of these jobs. And yeah, you know, due to his injury, that's not going to be the case. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was I, I was a very big proponent that Gono could compete actually for that starting right tackle position. So um, the other guy that stood out to me on the offensive line, we'll see how this plays out. It looks like the team really likes the idea of Willie Beavers being the swing tackle, but Jason Spriggs was also um, highly rated by PFF. Mm-hmm. And he he's a player that's got some draft pedigree. He was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 2016 in the second round um, out of uh, Indiana. So it, he's not like an undrafted guy. Uh, and actually looking at his PFF scores and his time in Green Bay, you know, not, not a starter, but uh, getting some snaps each season, he's, he's graded out decently, the kind of guy that you would like to have as a swing tackle. So um, we'll see if that continues, if he can keep that up. Spriggs may be someone else that could be you know, a good option on this offensive line depth. So good to see him play well. So <clears throat> with that, the uh, offense in total, uh, they didn't score a touchdown until what, the fourth quarter, I think, with uh, <laughs> um, which uh, again, 
Yeah, it, keep in mind they were playing second stringers against you know the, the essentially the dolphin starters. So I don't want to put too much emphasis on that. Uh, and if you're putting a lot of stock in how the preseason looks, I, I don't know what to tell you. This, these games just don't matter. Um, there's no Calvin Ridley out there. There's no Russell Gage. There's no Matt Ryan. There's no Mike Davis. This is not the offense you're going to see in the regular season. Um, and Frank's, you know, let's get to him because we, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. He had a decent first drive coming in that honestly should have uh, ended in the touchdown. Uh, he had two straight passes that should have been caught by the receivers, including the one we mentioned earlier to Tajay Sharp. And I was impressed with that first drive that he came in when McCarron got hurt and I thought, okay, there's something here. Uh, there may be mm-hmm. something, you know, with, with Franks as a potential backup. And it went downhill from there. <laughs> so I think the subsequent drive, he took like uh, three sacks and ended up getting uh, sacked in the end zone, took a safety, um, which we joked about on Twitter, you and I. And mm-hmm. uh, he proceeded to, I think, struggle for the rest of the game. Uh, although he settled in a little bit more once the team started uh, focusing on the run. Uh, and, and taking some of the pressure off of him. So, you know, I think that w- that made sense for them to do. But what was your take on Franks and how he did in this game with really some extended playing time? Yeah, and it's good to get that extended playing time because if, you know, they're only in for one or two drives, um, it's very easy to do well and then just bounce and everyone thinks, okay, they're great. Because yeah. you, you see a lot more, obviously, over the longevity of a game Um, and he did struggle and, um, you know, that, that's like I said, that's to be expected undrafted guy. Um, that's why you put these kind of guys on the practice squad so they can learn, um, and practice throughout the Mm -hmm. season. Um, and then eventually, hopefully they can, you know, make something of it and become a starter with your team or elsewhere. Uh, and I, I think he's okay. I think, um, a little more experience, you know, throughout the season, um, maybe he can compete for quarterback two next year. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I, to be honest, if Matt Ryan, God forbid, went down, it's not going to really matter right back there. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's not a big deal if Frank's is quarterback two this year. I'm just saying if you need, you know, if Matt Ryan like stubs his toe and has to miss a game, Frank's probably isn't going to win you the game. Um, that's where, Having a guy like in the past, Matt Schaub, at least gives you a fighting chance. Yeah. Um, that's why, you know, I see the team kind of going after one of these cuts uh, next week. But we'll see. Um, I, I don't want to poo-poo on Franks, but um, he's just a young guy. He's going to learn. It's a yeah. different level than college. And, uh, you know, I hope the best for him. I hope he keeps growing. Yeah. I don't think it was realistic to expect him to come in as an undrafted um, rookie and to immediately seize that. QB two position, uh, as you noted, um, he already has the struggles of a rookie, and we knew, you know, he was he was going to be a project coming in. So mm-hmm. uh, this shouldn't be surprising or disappointing. Like this is basically, I think, what we should have expected: uh, the capacity for some flashy plays, you know, the athleticism showing off, the arm showing off, uh, but then just completely falling apart at times with decision making and. Like that's that is what we should expect from a player who came into camp undrafted. 
Um, to your point, I think they do need a veteran uh, as a backup if they want to continue to win games, which is why I think some of the names we mentioned earlier, you know, Blake Bortles, he's not a good quarterback. We know that, but he has played in this league. He has won some games and RG3, you know, the same can be said for him. So uh, those are guys I think the team may, you know, kick the tires on. And like you mentioned, they may look and wait for cuts from other teams to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. If so. only they had like a um, seasoned, you know, depth quarterback who learned <laughs> a lot from Matt Ryan on their roster. Who looked really good against the Jets in right. uh, the second right. game of the preseason. Only. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> for those of you who aren't <laughs> in the know, we are talking about former Falcons quarterback, Kurt Benkert, who had a, a very solid uh, actually good performance against the Jets on Saturday as well. So that did not look good in, in the light of the Falcons' current quarterback situation. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the issue with Green Bay is if they decide not to keep three quarterbacks, uh, Benkert, as good as he was, is definitely the odd man out because they're not walking away from Aaron Rodgers and they're not walking away from their first-round draft pick, Jordan Love. Uh, so Benkert you know, may have actually put together a really nice audition for other teams in the NFL as well. So... Um, mm-hmm. We wish him well, and uh, I, if the Falcons could bring him back, that'd be fantastic. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's in the cards at this point. Right. All right, we're, we're going to talk about the defense and some key special teams uh, competitions, including the punt returner and, and where that stands after this game. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker, joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. We are recapping the Falcons lost to the Miami Dolphins in the second preseason game of 2021. Uh, the second of three. Reminder, we only have three this year in the 17-game season. Uh, so this one was interesting. We talked about the offense. Let's talk about the defense now. Um, obviously, again, no uh, major starters were in there. Guys like Grady Jarrett, um, Deion Jones, Foye Luakun, uh, the two starting safeties, Eric Harris, Deron Harmon. Interestingly, Fabian Moreau was in there. Uh, so Ooh. that that was interesting to see. We did see a little bit of Isaiah Oliver as well. Um, and, you know, otherwise – the, the guys you expect to be out, we're out. And the guys who are competing for spots and, and figure out where they're going to be in the rotation, they were in. Um, all things considered, again, going up as a unit against Miami's um, uh, number one, their, their, their ones on offense, including two at quarterback, I felt like you know the defense did allow them a score, but they had moments where 
um, were it not for just a barely missed tackle and whatnot, they would have actually had fairly good um, uh, stops against this offense. And they, and again, this was with a bunch of backups. So uh, I, I do feel like Dean Pease is making a difference, even if it, you know they, they weren't impressive per se. I think when you take into consideration the competition, they looked better than what the, the stats may have said. What do you think about the defense and how they did um, or am I am I putting a little bit too much stock in them, or do you feel like there was some some positive to take away? There was, and I think as you mentioned, it's important to kind of talk people down that uh, you look at. It's easy to look at the score and go, "Wow, the Falcons got smacked." But as we've mentioned in the show, um, they were playing against you know uh, ones for the Dolphins like straight out of the gate. Uh, Tua had, I believe, twenty three passing attempts. And then you think, okay, well, they're benching Tua, so now here comes Cupcake backup quarterback. It was yep. Jacoby Brissett, who could be a low-end quarterback one, uh, high-end quarterback two uh, for a lot of teams. Like, he's yeah. no, you know, he could start for other teams. Yeah, and he has been um, a starter in this league, so. Right, so it wasn't like they got an easy, you know, quarterback come in. Um uh, overall, I mean, I thought it was promising uh, for preseason. It's important, as you said, not to take it too seriously. But hone in on some – when you're watching next week, because there's only one left, as you mentioned, um, hone in on one of these guys, you know, get get a couple names you like and just watch them. Don't watch the yeah. overall defense because then you get mixed up and, uh, oh, there, you know, something happened over there. Focus on a couple guys. Um, one guy I like to focus on who played a little bit – um, over the last two weeks is Jonathan Bullard, who's new mm-hmm. to the Falcons. Um, on that defensive line, we've been craving just someone to like do stuff. And he looks the part. Uh, again, it's preseason. If he does it during the regular season, that'll be fantastic. Um, there's been other guys. Everybody knew who Dorian Lethbridge is, uh, uh, you know, from last week. Um, and Etheridge put a get, uh, another great game um, out there, not getting 13 tackles or whatever again. But looked good. Um, Ellerby, another linebacker, looked good. Uh, J.R. Pace, who's a safety, looked good. These are young guys who, uh, you know, most of them undrafted, who are yep. coming out and, you know, as you said, putting tape together, uh, whether it's with the Falcons or uh, for elsewhere. Um, that's what preseason's for. Um, Fabian Moreau looked good. Um, yeah. Very promising. You know, he's expected to be a starter for the Falcons. So it was good to see some of him. Um, and you know, that's about it. I could go on and on. There's a lot of undrafted guys who I thought looked really well. Uh, Michael Walker continues to look good. And I know he maybe in this scheme isn't a starter, but he is a starting linebacker, I believe caliber wise. So if he's a depth linebacker for the team, um, this year, I mean, that's pretty solid. If one of the starting Mm -hmm. guys has to come out. Yep. And he's a guy that if, if he gets like a third of the snaps, uh, defensive snaps, um, he, he's a quality. He looks like he's going to be some quality depth with, like you said, the potential to fill in for starters and maybe long-term even more, uh, which again mm-hmm. is, you know, considering his draft pedigree is, is really good. Um, you mentioned Jonathan Bullard. I want to point out as well for him, again, another uh, uh, cast off from the Chicago Bears where he was drafted in the third round of 2016. So again, there's some draft pedigree there that maybe hasn't worked out uh, entirely uh, for his time in the league, but he is uh, someone that, you know, I think when you draft someone in the third round and they don't meet your expectations, you move on from them. Well, if we're, we're expecting him to be like a rotational guy, 
is perfect for us, right? And that's mm-hmm. what that is what we're sort of expecting on guys like that. A couple of things I want to point out that stood out to me on PFF. Um, GR Pace, as you mentioned, had one of the best coverage scores. The second highest coverage score, though, during the game was uh, second round pick Richie Grant. So that's that's promising mm-hmm. to see. Um, the pass rushing scores, uh, Bullard was one of the highest rated pass rushers, but right behind him, Adedi Ogundeji, so mm-hmm. um, who has been flashing. His name's been coming up a lot. Yeah. And he did have a missed tackle, which actually, had he made that tackle, would have killed uh, one of the Dolphins' offensive drives. So that's going to happen, and you want that to happen in the preseason. But Ogundeji is making a push to get significant snaps and potentially at some point, maybe even this season, be a starter on this defense. So that is really encouraging uh, to see that out of him. As far as run defense, uh, that was sort of spotty because our best run defenders were like corners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, TJ Green, uh, Delrick uh, Abrams were both our, uh, and Dwayne Johnson, all of whom are in the secondary, were our best uh, run defenders. So that, that probably needs some work. Uh, all things considered. And Fabian Moreau was our highest graded um, player on the day, which makes some sense. Again, he's, he's a starter. You expect him to play well. Um, but some other names, Jalen Hawkins, I thought had a, a fairly solid game as well. Uh, so there's, I think if you look at the individual performances, again, keeping in mind, most of these guys are going to be rotational guys. They're not, most of them, with the exception of just a few like Fabian Moreau, uh, are not expected to be starters in year one. Um, a lot of these guys I thought had moments and, and did fairly well at very specific things. So they're showing, you know, the potential to grow into significant roles over time, not immediately. Uh, you know, if we're putting, uh, Avery Williams out there as, uh, you know, our cornerback number three, something has probably gone wrong. Uh, but there is, uh, there is some signs of, of development in some of these young guys. Um, speaking of Williams, uh, special teams, uh, which Evan, I know you, you are a big fan of, and we actually have to do another podcast about special teams and pre going into the season. Um, but the punt returner, uh, race to this point has been primarily between Avery Williams and, um, Chris Rowland. Where do you think that stands after two preseason games, uh, for, for those two guys? Uh, I think it's Avery Williams for a couple of reasons. Um, he looks some more explosive. First off, in this in this game against the Dolphins, there was only one punt return, so it wasn't we didn't get a fair like look at anything, and it was just Chris Rowland who had four yards. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think Avery Williams just brings more to the table because I think he's better even right now as at his actual position being cornerback. Yep. than Chris Rowland is at being a receiver because we, as you mentioned, we have other receivers, not that all of them are great or anything like our depth at receiver isn't fantastic, but they're going to need better corners and they're going to need more, you know, of wide receivers at the same level. Um, so if it comes down to it and they're like, okay, we have to decide between Williams and Roland. I think it's going to be Williams because not only is he their guy, like Roland's from the last regime, Williams is from this current one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just bringing more to the table at his true position. Plus, you look at how he's doing kick returns. Aver- he, in this last game, he averaged off three of them, 26.3 yards per yeah. attempt. Um, yeah. Roland had one kick return, and he averaged 16. 
um, which isn't bad or anything, but I think Williams is just bringing more to the table. So right now I'd give him the leg up. Um, no offense to Roland or anything. Um, um, you know, I want best man to win. So, yeah. And I, I think I'm, I'm with you it, for all those stated reasons. And uh, I think the important piece that you really hammered on as well is that right now, Avery Williams is making contributions at his uh, quote unquote position, which is a defensive back. And mm-hmm. Williams is getting some snaps there. Not a ton, you know, just a handful, 10, 12 uh, per game uh, in these preseason games, but he's shown that he has a level of competence at the position. Again, not someone you want in there as a, as a potential starter or nickel uh, corner, but something that maybe you can work with that you can develop that you could put in there in, in a spot if guys are banged up or injured. Um, so I, I think the long-term development potential for Williams is, is big. And, you know, the kick, the kick returns, we shouldn't discount that because even though we all know Cordero Patterson is going to be the kick return guy mm-hmm. this year, he's only here on a one-year deal. Um, right. So the Falcons are thinking, you know, long-term, 2022, 2023, 2024, who's going to be that guy we're going to put, put back there? And Avery Williams looks the part right now for kick returns. He does. Well. He looks more explosive. Like the eye test, take all the stats out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. If one of them was, if you told me one of them took it to the house, I'd say it's Avery Williams Avery just Williams. based on – Yep. How, how he looks when he's running. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm with you. I think, and Roland, I think, has to show demonstrably that he's significantly better than Williams in this last mm-hmm. game. Or I think they're going to default to Williams, as you mentioned, because he is the draft pick. Um, and the thing is, he has to be pretty amazing because he'd be knocking one of these receivers off of the roster, like right. Kevin Knight at alcoholic.com does a, um, roster projection or depth chart projection um, every week before the preseason game. And he's, he had on the last one, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he had five receivers for mm-hmm. the Falcons and a lot of people expect it to be five. Who would Roland be knocking out of a job? Right. Like we know Ridley gauge Zacchaeus, they're safe. Then you have two more. Would you really stash Roland just for punt returns? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, He's not, it's not like he's, you know, breaking ankles out there and stuff. Like he's just doing, he's doing a serviceable, serviceable job, at least during preseason. Like he's not awful or anything, but he's not really making it to where, oh no, we must keep him. Yeah. And that's, I think that is the key Um, is when you look at roster composition, I think that's what gives Williams the edge here. So uh, Mm yeah. Yeah, and there's no way right now that I would take Roland over Tasha Sharp or even Frank Darby, who I think is beginning to you know come along a little bit more. So, yeah, I think right now Avery Williams until this third preseason game, unless Roland just blows the doors off uh, and shows us that he runs a 4-2-40 and we just haven't seen it, um, I'll be surprised. Um, last one, punter, because this one mm-hmm. is uh, – Interesting. I think what last week it was uh, Cameron Nizlak, right? Nizlak. Um, I think it's Nizlak. Nizlak. Um, but I have no idea. People have been telling me how to correctly say it, and I keep just forgetting. But, <laughs> so I've been calling him Cameron all week. But yeah, yeah, Cameron. Um, he he had a solid, solid, like actually a really good um, uh, game one. And didn't Dom, Dom Maggio was the one that punted in this game? Was he not? He he or, was. And what I found fascinating about it was on Ku's lone field goal attempt, um, it was uh, Cameron Nazilak who actually held it. 
I thought it, I thought they were, when I saw Maggio out there um, doing punts, I assumed he was going to get full load of everything doing place holding. And um, I believe it was Nazilak who also did the um, kickoffs, uh, kickoffs. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what is going on, but um, yeah, continue on Maggio. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, Maggio had some good punts. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but again, I think in the same, your point is actually the one that I think needs to be made here. Uh, Maggio may end up ultimately auditioning for another team through what he's doing here, because uh, as long as, uh, Cameron, uh, <laughs> Cameron, N, Cameron. <laughs> um, as long as Cameron N, uh, shows that he can do a, a, a good job with, you know, what he's done so far. And that appears to be the case. The fact that he is, you know, the a guy that you can count on for kickoffs and also for, you know, placeholding, that's that matters. Um, mm-hmm. And that that may ultimately be what gives him the edge here. And Maggio may ultimately be uh, auditioning for another team at this point. Is that a fair take or do you think there may I, still be a competition? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's probably a competition just because neither of these guys have an actual regular season punt to their name. Um, so you don't want to just hand someone the job um, like the team has done previously that didn't work out. Uh, so I think it's going to be Cameron Nazilak. Um, overall, you know, as I mentioned, him placeholding for two in this game kind of opened my eyes. But also, you know, when they were they were teammates, I've mentioned on previous podcasts, mm-hmm. they were teammates with the Atlanta Legends in the AAF. Um, and two was perfect. I, I think he was 17 for 17 or 14 for 14. One of those two, um, with the legends. And that was his placeholder. Like they're very familiar with each other. Yep. Um, they, you know, when they signed Cameron, I, I think who shared something on his Instagram story about them being united reunited. Um, you know, you, you want your kicker to be comfortable. So why not get the guy he's literally been comfortable with previously? hundred percent. And uh, on that note, Koo did have a 53-yard field goal uh, in the game, uh, so that was good to see him bounce back after missing a long one last week. Um, all right, bouncing back to the defense, any, did anyone else stand out to you, um, Evan, that you wanted to point out, or a, a name that maybe stood out for the wrong reasons, where he felt like, hey, this guy needed to show more and he didn't show me enough? Uh no, I don't want to. I don't really see anybody who didn't show me enough. Um, but Jalen Hawkins continues to impress. Um, mm, yes, I think he. You know, he was one of those guys where he was mixed in the safety group. I think he solely like made a like a name for himself this preseason and kind of cemented a role on this defense. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's just looked really good yeah. um, from what I've seen. Um, but overall, no. I, I mean, there's always players who could do more and stuff. I don't want to take any shots, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I think it's promising seeing, you know, some of these younger guys, especially the undrafted ones step up um, because I think there's a tight uh, Errol Thompson. I, I really like him, <clears throat> but he, uh, he was injured during the game. Um, I'm not yeah. sure what the update was on that. I think it might've been concussion related, so I hope he's okay because it seemed like him did, and Etheridge they did bring were, him back in. They did clear him again. Oh, okay. Back in. Yep. Okay, good. Because then too, it seems like have a you know really tight battle going on um, for linebacker depth. Yep. Um, Sharif Miller, I really like. He he did really well last week, and uh, you know I want to see more of him going forward too. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums it up on defense. There's a lot of young guys who are trying to make a name for themselves and stick on the roster. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm particularly encouraged by Jalen Hawkins and Michael Walker, uh, two guys who are in their second year, two guys that had rough rookie years because of the, you know, what we talked about before, the mm-hmm. lack of a preseason, the lack of a real training camp. Uh, both guys appear to have taken a big step forward at least from the camp reports and what we're seeing in these preseason games, they, they, they're both making an impact and that's good to see. And they're, and what's great is neither of them are necessarily being uh, counted on as starters immediately for the season. Uh, Michael Walker obviously has Deion Jones and Foye Luakun in front of him. Um, Jalen Hawkins has Eric Harris, Deron Harmon in, in front of him. Um, but if they could continue to develop, they could be guys that not only get snaps this year, but push for roles in 2022 that includes you know some starting opportunities so really really want to see how these guys turn out but again for for guys who are taking on day three um this is this is a promising start so evan any last final thoughts on this game before we wrap up the podcast um no just forget about it yeah move on It's preseason. <laughs> it's preseason. Do not I say freak it out. literally anytime I'm on, whether I'm on here or the Foul Call Live during preseason. The 2008 Detroit Lions, anytime mm-hmm. you get frustrated with preseason, think of them. Went undefeated in the preseason, lost every game during the regular season. Like it's not as big of a deal as you think. Um, exactly. So, yeah, don't sweat. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, and it is, you know, it's easy to sort of get wrapped up in, um, you know, the, the hype of these games because mm-hmm. football is back. I mean, but, it's our team. We don't want to see them get destroyed no, no matter who's out there, but it's, you got to take context into things. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's at this point, um, guys, just take a, take a chill pill. Remember the regular season could go vastly different and I, I suspect it will. Um, mm. and we'll get a little, a little peek, maybe next week but even then even then you're not going to see the full arthur smith offense until week one of the regular season uh, so keep that in mind um all right evan remind our listeners where they can find you what you have going on yeah you can find me at the um on twitter at evan birchfield um the only thing i mean we have a ton of stuff going on the falcolic but the only thing i'd really like to promote that is kind of fun. Um, so Madden 22 recently came out. So I did, similar yes. to last year, a simulation of the season. And DW knows some of the results, but it got a little wild. Um, so look for that. I'm not sure. Maybe Monday or Tuesday um, it'll pop up on the site. Um, oh, follow it on Instagram, the Falcolic. Um, it's the yes. underscore Falcolic. I always forget to plug it. Um, and that's about it. Just, you know, go to thefalcolic.com for literally everything you need. Yep. Uh, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily, as Evan mentioned, at FalcoholicPod.com. We will be back next week for the third and final preseason game. We'll see what kind of performance we get and whether we see the starters or not. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening in. Talk to you next